All right, hey everyone, this is Chris Keys 4 from Your Guitar Today. I'm joined by Tony and White Reaper. White Reaper, Tony, leader, guitar player, singer. How are you doing? Doing good, how are you? Very good. Thanks for having us. Yeah, of course. Uh, now, I've known you as the kind of the double humbucker guy of the band between you and Hunter, but uh, I've no normally seen you with like Les Pauls. Yeah, so yeah. you got two different Gibsons, but tell me about uh, the transition to the Flying V. Well, I mean, Les Pauls were just really heavy and and the thing that made it worse was I was playing like really thin leather straps. So like I would get welts like on my shoulder. So I was like, I want something lighter weight. Um, so this is pretty light in my opinion. Yeah. And that one's hollow. So, you know, that's light. So that, that was really it. It was a weight issue for me. So. Well, that's fair <laughs> enough. And now that you've made the transition, have you had uh, less welts? Less skin irritation? Far less welts. <laughs> but I, I still get the like this thing really bad. I don't know. Oh, you, from yeah. kind of grinding yeah, on? Like, yeah. 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 Well, I but, feel like a sander could uh, take care of that problem, but it's a beauty, so. Yeah. Um, I started this thing where every year I get a new guitar on my birthday, and this was the first one. So this was, maybe this was three years ago at this point. Um, yeah, I think it's like a... 2000, I guess, because don't they start the serial number on Gibsons with like the year? They those? typically do. Okay. So I got two zeros up here, so maybe it's a 2000. And you said it was obviously a reissue? Yeah, reissue. Um, it's like the school of rock guitar. You know? Have you like, done anything to it besides <laughs> I see like a, either that's just a shadow I'm seeing or like cigarette oh, burns? No, that I think someone just like the dude I bought it from, it was like in a stand like this. Oh, okay. Like hanging on the wall, like for years. Got it. Know. That's my guess, but. No, it's all um, as you got it. Just as it came, yeah. I mean, there's like some sweat and dust and skin. Well, that's but, all you, man. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now, before we move on to strings and tunings and the, the 335, uh, care to tell us what the other birthday guitars you got? Um, I did a Les Paul Jr., but um, that one I just kind of like ripped apart because I wanted to take the P90 out of it, and honestly, I've like hardly touched it. Okay. So I need to get on that. And maybe, maybe I just did this two years ago. Maybe there's only two. Okay. Um, yeah, maybe there's only two. <laughs> well, let's go into strings and tunings. Yeah, um, so we play in E flat, and uh, Hunter's really good at intonating guitars. So this actually, this one probably actually does need to be intonated. So I'm gonna bother him about that after this. Um, yeah, we do E flat, and uh, I play like I think this is a 52 down here. There's a string company called Augustine that actually allowed us to like create our own set of gauges but to be truthful I don't remember what I picked so I'm pretty sure <laughs> it's like 52 maybe 48 on a and you know I don't remember <laughs> kind of like probably maybe maybe like a heavy you know I, I don't know Ernie Ball does like a heavy bottom light top well yeah I mean these are pretty heavy all the way down okay um, whenever I can't use the Augustines I do opt for the I think it's like burly slinky it's like mm. dark red, again. I think I, 11 to 52s. Yeah, 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 that sounds right. Um, I should know this. <laughs> <laughs> now, yeah. what about the 335? Anything special we should know about that? Or is that just a backup for this one? Well, All we know is it's light. Like, you know, we started this last tour on like six flights and I didn't want to bring this on a plane because it's so oddly shaped, you know? It's a target for the, you know, the airline workers. Yeah. So and I didn't want to try to like jam it in like an overhead bin or anything. So this guy stayed behind 
So I brought the 335 and honestly, like, it feels wrong to call it a backup. I like, I feel like I would just choose them depending on how I feel mm -hmm. that day. And I've been playing this one, this whole tour. So this will be the first night that I'm busting this guy out. And I don't know, we'll see if we get through sound check, I might want to switch back. Cause I kind of switched all of that and all of this for that. So we'll see, but I love the neck on that thing. It's way chunkier. Um, and that's kind of like what I gravitate towards is mm -hmm. a thicker neck. Um, and I think it's really cool. I like white and black guitars. And that's kind of another thing with the Les Pauls is like the two that I had were like burst and I was kind of over that. Yeah. I just wanted like a solid color. So, yeah. Well, I known you to be a Vox guy. I know that both of you guys had rock Voxes for years, but tell me about the transition you made to the Freeman and kind of why you ended up there after leaving Vox. Well, what I loved about the AC30 is that like it never ever crapped down on me once. Depending. And every amp I'd had uh, before that did. Like it broke in some capacity. Um, and then we were on tour with a band called Post Animal and they let me borrow one of their AC30s and I was just like, I'm getting one of these. Because it just worked Yeah, and it was easy. But the problem with it is that we both had to have like a billion pedals. So like I've kind of stripped back from that, but I was really just trying to turn an AC30 into like a plexi basically. And it, I needed like a compressor, which sounds weird and like a overdrive. I had like a compressor and a tube screamer and an EQ pedal, but I needed those three things for it to sound right. But then when I switched over to this, it just kind of like already is that. So did you do to, some research or how did you land on the Freeman? I did actually. Yeah. I was like, I had always kind of had my eye on it and we went on tour with a band called the Struts. Um, Adam played a Friedman and he loved it and yeah. it sounded awesome. And so, yeah, it was all, you know, just kind of like a better Marshall in my opinion. Although I do love Marshalls. I think this is a little bit cooler. Um, I haven't gotten a bad sound out of it. Uh, last week I was in the van, I was listening to Pantera, I was just like, <laughs> what is Dimebag doing with his knobs? And I, I like, there was like a page out of, I guess like Guitar Magazine or something from like the 90s and it just was like, I don't know if it's real or not, but it was like, this is Dimebag's amp settings. So I slapped it on there and it sounds great, even though it's a totally different amp. So that's kind of like the settings I'm doing. It's like presence all the way and bass all the way and treble and mid kind of dialed back a little bit. Now I'm it, curious what like era Pan Pantera A you were listening to but B also uh, like the article came from because Perry who both of us are big Pantera fans and he likes to call certain era of Pantera hard to handle Randall because you know <laughs> that was Dimebag's thing so I don't know how that translates to a Friedman based on his solid state Randall use but yeah. Yeah I was doing uh, Cowboys from Hell. I was checking out yes. Domination and uh, I was I was like, this sounds so sick. That breakdown at the Cemetery end of it, Gates, I was just yeah. like, God, I was like, I was like, how do I get that? And so, like I said, you know, totally different, but it somehow still works. So inspired by, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, let's go to the pedal board that you said has kind of been configured in a way to complement the 335. But we're gonna test it out with the Flying V. Sure. Yeah. So I used to have, you know, like I said, I needed the compressor and the overdrive and then the equalizer. At this point, the EQ, more than anything, is like if we do like a fly-in date mm. and I don't get to use this okay. and I sort of have to like, I don't want to use the word compensate, but rather just like improvise, like with a different amp, you know? Yeah. Um, it kind of helps out a little bit. But I mean, really, it's just, I got the Green Rhino, which is like a tube screamer with like a little more tweakability. 
and then the EQ, which is only on on fly dates, and then of course the noise suppressor is a big piece with the 335. Yeah, um, well, I'm sure we'll have already put up a picture. If not, we'll do that now. Where there's a <laughs> you see the foam, foam. yeah, it's loaded full of foam, so that's another compensation, or as you would say, improvisation. Yeah. <laughs> and then outside of that, I got this Meister Singer chorus that I'll just slap on for a couple songs, and kind of the same thing with the delay. That's just like on a few songs. I used to do the Aquapus, and honestly, I liked it a lot better, but it just crapped out. So it was time for a new one, and that's what was available. So Now, let's before we move on to Hunter's setup, let, I want to hear maybe just the amp itself, and then you with the grind, Green Rhino, too. Sure. So it's pretty gainy as is, so I'll just go like... But maybe it's a little spankier just by itself, so just like... Yeah, it definitely needs to be intonated, but <laughs> <laughs> and then this is like kind of an always on for the set, so okay. just like a so yeah, I'll just roll with that the whole set pretty much. God, I, 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 I'm like a one speed guy, Hunter's the textured dude <laughs> before we get you out of here on this or i'm going to get you out of here on this last question tony is uh kind of glossed over the cab anything we should know about that the fender i'm assuming 212 yeah 212 i think it's vintage 30s okay i'm pretty which sure. would pair well with the marshall e yeah, amp exactly yeah kind of cre i'm almost certain it's vintage 30s but yeah it's so light which is great um as opposed to the ac30 in the road case it was a uh, Hard it's a backbreaker for, for my weak body, but <laughs> this is this is a lot easier. <laughs> well, Tony, thank you so much. We're gonna talk to Hunter. Yeah, thanks, guys. All right, other side of the stage, we are with Hunter. I'm not from Louisville, Kentucky. Thompson. That's right. Yes, sir. <laughs> we'll get that right out of the way. I don't know if you caught it with Tony's segment. He was calling you the color guitarist, and he also put you up for uh, nominated you to intonate the Flying V. So just when you the get done with this, the color guitarist. What does yeah, that mean? I guess you fill in while he's just a one-speed kind of guy. Oh, oh, okay. I'll Maybe lead hey, guitarist thanks, is, would be another term. We're, yeah, well, we don't really. We're both lead guitarists, I would say. Yeah, you so guys do the thing, lazy thing. Okay. Yeah. Kim Thale yeah. has explained himself as that. Uh, I can attribute that to an article I did. So yeah, color guitarist is a good thing if it's compared to Kim. Yeah. Anyways, we're talking guitar. We're talking Hunter, Strat. I've known you as anything but specifically the Burns guy. Yeah, the Burns was the first White Reaper touring guitar, but it, it like. Sam took his bass head and took a huge chunk out of the lower neck, and it kind of just became very uncomfortable to play. So yeah. I just use it. I actually like put a MIDI pickup on it and kind of just use it with like wow. a with like one of those rolling MIDI things from the '80s. I don't even know what they're called, but it's it's at home, safe and sound. But it is an awesome guitar. It's got like really sick pickups. But yeah, I just got this Strat from a Nash guitar like two days before we went on this tour. I usually play a Tele, or I've played you know Les Pauls. I've played a bunch of stuff uh, live for the band, but. Right now, it's the Nash guitar. I don't want Fender to get any wrong ideas about me right there. Jason, if you're watching, the telly is still a, a key player. But right now, this is the new guy. Yeah, so. how do you enjoy playing with you know the Strat, the five positions, versus being so familiar with the telly, the workman guitar? Really, the biggest thing is just I'm always hitting the middle pickup because I'm not used to having that space right there. And I realize my hand is just like, that's where it's drawn to. And so I'm just like, I have to turn, you know, put this really low and pretty much don't use it. So I mean, it's one speed back pickup, you know, kind of get, but yeah. And uh, what did you have any, did you get this straight from the shop? How did you, did you anything you requested for? Because I know Nash does a lot of different variations. Yeah. The, heavy, light relicking. 
I got light re relicking, but I mean, it's still pretty, pretty freaking relict. I've like already taken off a lot of paint off the back uh, from a belt buckle, but um, yeah, I don't know. I got Lawlers in it. I got, I was, I mean, I'm trying to, I didn't really ask for that much custom stuff on it. I just was like, he offered to make one. Uh, we have a mutual friend named Will Yip um, who put us in name contact with him. Some name dropping producer. Will Yip. Uh, he's, he hooked us up with Fender and with Britain from Nash. And um, yeah, it's been a pretty nice symbiotic relationship. I've probably gotten more out of it than they have, but it's, uh, yeah, I'm really stoked to have this. He gave me a great deal on it. And it's like one of the, it's just like so tight. Like the, I don't know how to explain it. Like the strings just have a great tension on them. It's comfortable all the way around the neck. It's just like, I've heard so many people say so many great things about Nash for a very long time, so it was cool to finally try one on, and I'm not really sure I want to go back now. But you're part of the family now. Part of the family now. Thanks, Britton, <laughs> if you're out there. Now, we covered too many with Tony, E-flat, but uh, strings, what tip, uh, range do you use? Range I use, and brand. Right now, I, I mean, for a long time we did custom strings with this company called Augustine, um, who are good friends of ours, uh, but right now I actually have some Diodarios on, which are the like tins balanced tension, so I think it's like a little bit heavier A string, a little bit heavier B string maybe, like marginally. But yeah, that's pretty much it. Especially for like, if I'm tuning in standard, I'll play nines, because I just really like the, the you know loose strings. I feel like I can bend a lot crazier. Mm -hmm. um, but with the E flat tuning, I think tens give it a little bit more tension, so they're not like flopping all over the neck. So yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a good working tension for me here with the tens, I don't know. I don't. I don't think nines with a half half step tuning would would be good. Yeah, it feels a little a little too sloppy, much over. A little sloppy. Yeah. And uh, before we move on to amps and effects, which are all kind of combined into one unit, what are you using for pick? Anything special or just anything you grab? I I like these yellow Tortex ones. I like. I just found these at a guitar center in Austin that are like a little bit pointier because I feel like the the rounded ones, like the typical 73s, are like like I wear them down really fast and they get kind of like a like a rounded edge, and yeah. I don't really like that. I like to have a little bit of attack on the end of the pick. So these are awesome. I ordered like, I don't know, 500 of them or something. I have like a huge stockpile of these right now. So, so if anyone sees you guys on tour and then this current run, hit up Hunter. You'll have plenty of picks for him. I've got a ton of these things. <laughs> if you need picks, I got them. All right, man. Like I was talking to Tony, known you guys to be Vox guys. Vox yeah. AC30s. Don't see the AC30. <sighs> yeah. This, I've got a spray paint uh, orange amp here that yeah, which is I not a box. I leaned on it earlier, so I got that. <laughs> yeah, I used field paint, so it was a bit of an oversight um, <laughs> the other day, because I just, I just nothing, nothing, no shade to powertrain. I just didn't like the color of it, and I don't think I did it much better here, but uh, it is what it is now. But yeah, the boxes have always been kind of the mainstay, and I really do like them a lot and kind of in some ways miss it. But I got this amp because I'm touring with a Kemper right now, which is, you know, extremely minimal but the cool thing about this is it's it's you know like I, I run a monitor out from the Kemper and it goes into you know power amp so essentially I have some stage volume it's got tubes and 6v6 I think two of them and it's got a power amp section and just like a flat EQ response that this guy Michael Britt uh, who is like a big Kemper guy he's kind of like he's, like the, he's like the grandfather godfather of uh, <laughs> Kemper um, and he makes a lot of great profiles and stuff and so he designed this with this company um, I think the company's called Valve Train. It is, yep. yeah, Valve Train. Um, and so I just decided to like try it out. I went to like some guitar shop in Austin, and they had one. And I was talking to him. And he was like, "You should try this out." So I just uh, bought it for like nine hundred bucks, whatever it was. And so far, so good. I mean, I've I've also like run this through a Vox through the effects loop just to get some like stage volume. 
But this, I think, just takes profiles way better. It's uh, designed for it. It's designed for it, yeah. It's got, it just like, I don't know, it doesn't get as shrill and biting as the Vox with the Kemper profiles. I don't know why, I don't know what they did to it, but whatever the EQ is, it's perfect for this thing. And, and the, the speaker, whatever it is, a red, white, and blues is, is like, I guess, a pretty flat response speaker. I don't know. Uh, Michael Britt picked it out, and it's, I don't know, sounds great to me. Now, obviously, we are talking about the profiler that's yeah, hitting uh -huh. the powertrain from Valve Train. How did that become into your reality? COVID, man. It was like, <laughs> we were on tour, and I was touring at that time with a normal rig. I had okay. a pedal board, I had the Vox, and had been doing that for my entirety of touring, but... We like were on the road whenever COVID happened and all my stuff went home with the Louisville guys and I had just one guitar uh, and no amps, no pedals, nothing. And I was just, you know, like running into my computer doing Sims for the first like couple months of quarantine and I really did not enjoy it at all. So I was like, I'm going to try out a Kemper, see how it is. And it just became like the perfect solution. I mean, honestly, it's, it's, I've played it pretty much every day. I mean, I, I can just, I have so much diversity of sound. It's so portable. It's so simple to, to throw into a Pelican with my microphones and my cables and everything, fly with it. I'm, I don't really worry about it. I have it backed up on a thumb drive. If I want to backline at a festival, I can just it's plug handy. it in, got everything right there. And then all I need is a guitar to travel with. And it's just, it's really just a practical decision that isn't the coolest rock and roll decision. And if <laughs> Somebody else wants to come set up my stuff for me, I'll gladly go back to amps and pedals. <laughs> but until that day comes, this thing is just kind of like ease of use. And honestly, the, the marginal difference in quality, I think, is not noticeable to pretty much anybody. So Now, I'm curious if you're like one of those like vegan people or <laughs> uh, like CrossFit person that like you try to recruit new members or do you leave Tony to be the analog guy and you're okay? Or are you, are you pushing the religion of digital technology? I digital think, modeling. I think in terms of like your home setup, you should have one because it's awesome. But I would be ashamed of us if we both had Kempers on stage. <laughs> to be no shade to Kemper. I, I'd still take a yeah. you know a free one if you guys want to. But uh, <laughs> you know, I think it's I think it's good to have a little bit of the the old fashioned guitar on stage too. But fair enough. I'm just you know when you've toured so much, at a certain point, you're like how can I just make this so easy for myself to where I don't even worry about anything and it's like guaranteed to work. Ground lifts, if I take this to Europe, it's gonna work there, it's gonna work everywhere. So it's a pretty, pretty simple solution to will a lot you, of problems. Will you care to kind of walk us through or show us kind, yeah. of the, kind of how you're using it on stage? Yeah, I use it pretty, I mean like at the studio, I've got it rigged up with like spit if outs where I'm like capturing just the, you know, like the raw, guitar sound that I can then like reamp into any profile I want and it's kind of a cool setup at home but here I really just do you know stereo XLR out to the front of house okay. and then I've got a monitor out that bypasses the cab uh, emulation or speaker emulation and goes right into this and just gives me some stage volume uh, but then in terms of like what I'm playing on it yeah I use the performance mode which is basically like you can have five different uh, you know settings or amps or profiles, whatever you want to call them, um, that I can just kind of click through. And so I've got, you know, different songs in here. Like we've got a song called Might Be Right that I'll, you know, just... you know, so I can kind of move through those pretty quickly. Um, which and then is you have to nice. set up kind of based on the set list and then yeah. each one has its own kind of patches, I guess. Yeah. But mostly I just kind of stick to this divided by 13, uh, profile that I think this guy Tone Junkie who's here in um, 
Nashville, wherever we are, um, <laughs> makes makes a bunch of great profiles, and I found that this one just kind of like is a great one size fit all because we do so much gainy stuff that it just kind of like hits in a sweet spot. I'm a little bit you know brighter than Tony's kind of beefed up setup over there, so it kind of sits on top, and I just think that amp works great for it. <laughs> I got a lot of buzz here right now. Yeah. On that pickup. <laughs> now, yeah. what would you say is like either your most outrageous or most complicated patch or sound that you have? I mean, so like there's some demos, you know, that we that we've been making that I've got stuff lined up in there if I can find them. I don't know. You know, it's kind of cool to like. Jeez, you can see I've got a lot of crap in here. <laughs> You're using to its full extent. Exactly, man. It's like. <laughs> You know, heavy tremolo, octave stuff. I mean, the pe like the effects on the Kemper are pretty minimal. I would say, like, I think they're great. They're not like the the coolest. Like, I don't think they grant like the best um, character on it, but it's totally functional. I think the octave thing is great. I think the tremolo is great. I mean, for me, I really just do like a little bit of reverb, a little bit of delay, mm -hmm. and I'll maybe kick on like an extra delay in a solo or something. But that's it. I use like this thing called the. Uh, like this soft shaper, which is basically like a tube saturation sort of a thing that just kind of like beefs up the sound a little bit. I use like the visual EQ on it to kind of like trim things out. I, I, there's a cool thing called like, a, uh, I think it's called like, it's, it's kind of like a high shelf and a low, like a low shelf sort of a thing where I can kind of slim down the EQ band to make it sound a little bit more like a real guitar instead of this like super hi-fi thing that might sound a little bit out of place with like Tony or Sam, like yeah. who are going out of an amp. Um, so there's some tricks and things that I've learned through the YouTube universe on how to like make this thing sound as uh, convincing as possible. But I mean, really nothing too crazy. I mean, you know, we've got, I'm trying to think. I mean, really, what? Oh yeah, there's, there's this one's kind of weird. Kind of like some steel drum sounds. Yeah. I don't know that I would really use that uh, live at any time, but. But it's kind of cool and like inspirational in a way that I know that you, like you said, it's not the perfect thing and it doesn't translate all the way, but it is something that to be said to have that right at your fingertips or footstep. It's, it's so much fun in the studio and in my bedroom or wherever I'm playing it to just, I just love having the flexibility of not having like one speed, one, you know, like I can only play this really high gain setup, uh, which is kind of what I was doing for a long time with the amp, and now I've got, you know, great clean tones I can just kind of like jump into anytime. You know, I mean, that's that's real nice to have that, and then just go right there. I love, I love just the switch of a button, and I, I sound a little different, but. Well, Hunter, I appreciate you, Tony, off camera yeah, there. We man. appreciate you guys. Uh, Good luck on the rest of the tour, and Thanks, thank you man. for doing this. This is Chris Keys <laughs> yeah. for Premier Guitar.